Hey there, and welcome to Blazing the Path, hosted by Rob Hetherington. This is a Portland Trailblazers podcast by a fan for the fans. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Blazing the Path. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Blazing the Path, a Portland Trailblazers podcast hosted by yours truly, Rob Hetherington. Tonight, I have Devin Zanskis. I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Joining us here from Knuck If You Buck NBA with the Bucks, And uh, we're just going to rip it off and talk about free agency. It's been a wild run here the last few weeks. Yeah, it sure as hell ha- has. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Rob. Uh, uh, yeah, as Rob said, I'm the host of Knuck If You Buck on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure... Uh, uh, being a part of the network these past few months and, of course, uh, getting to meet all these other podcast hosts. So thanks so much for having me. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into some free agency talk here. It's been a wild ride. For example, your uh, your Portland Trailblazers, I, I believe, and I must admit, I was a little skeptical when I was reading uh, some of the takes on you, you guys being a top four seed. And then just now before we were starting off this podcast, I was looking at the standings and I was like, well, shoot, that's probably more realistic than a lot of number four seeds that people would talk about so the rockets are up there in the talks and i just don't see that happening i see them being okay but they might lose james harden man a hundred percent and uh i mean they probably there's a good chance they won't lose russell westbrook which uh might be to their dismay but they're clearly down oklahoma city's clearly down the utah jazz are just i mean the utah jazz they'll be good but they don't have a ton of room to get better. Trailblazers are number four. I see it happening. Last year, they barely made it, dude. They were grinding to make that. CJ McCollum is an 84 in 2K, and that's just criminal. I think Ronnie 2K should be fine for that. But Oh, my god! I think he's the best shooting guard right now. I don't know how he hasn't made an all-star game. They need to put some respect on his name. And I think this is the year they do. I think this is the year he's, he's what, 28, 29? And um, he's in his prime. This is probably going to be his best season. He gets better every year, but I think this will be the year that he takes that leap and really leads with Dame. Um, You know there's trade talks every year. (laughs) Um, One of my friends from another Blazers podcast was like, I was so excited to see all the pickups and the strong draft they had um, and everything. But then I I just was brought back to Blazers fandom reality when Twitter was going off saying, where should we trade CJ to? And it's just like, you do not trade CJ McCollum. Dude is better than Devin Booker, if you ask me. Yeah, and I feel like CJ is just super underrated around the league. And you see guys kind of go through waves where they go from super underrated to, to arguably overrated. I mean, 
I think a lot of people would say that about Chris Middleton as well. I think he's, I, I would just say he's probably closer to correctly rated, but he was definitely underrated for a while. And and yeah, I think CJ McCollum could definitely could definitely be an all star as well. So you're saying Middleton's like pretty accurately rated? I I would say so. I agree with that, and I think I think he didn't show up in the playoffs last year. But Eric Bledsoe's been no offense. Eric Bledsoe's been not showing up for like five years straight. So yeah, no offense taken. <laughs> but I love Eric Bledsoe, dude. I love watching him. I was so glad when he got away from the dumpster fire Suns. Suns are good now. Um, you know, with CP3, he's going to be a leader and change their franchise's direction. I think. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. The West is just too loaded up. But they're going to be they're going to be up there and they're going to have a winning record. But I think I think damn near everyone in the West is going to have a winning record this year. Yeah, people have joked and it is like really not a joke at all. There is literally not a clearly bad team in the Western Conference. There's a bright spot everywhere and not the same way that bottom Eastern Conference teams have bright spots. Right. Yeah, I'm literally just glancing at the standings right now and I'm counting there are like uh there are at least like five Eastern Conference teams, like maybe six that I could probably make an argument would be like last in the West and that's too bad. Yeah. Not for the so, Bucks, but So I want to talk a little bit of the draft, a little bit of free agency today with Devin here. Um I got to check, though, before I start talking Blazers draft, because I was hyped we got Isaiah Stewart from Washington because he's from Rochester, a local town to Buffalo, pretty close, about an hour away. Um, You know, and I'm looking into schools in Rochester to hoop and whatnot, like D2, D3, and for myself, for my career. And so, you know, it, it was pretty cool to see him get drafted by a team across the country. But then I saw he got dealt right away to the Pistons, and I didn't even know that. So I don't know who we got from from this draft, to be quite honest, and I've been following it. Um, do you know, Devin? Yeah, so I was actually just looking up because I was like, um, you know, evaluating all, all the hype around your guys' offseason. And uh, according to Spot Track, you guys uh, got uh, CJ Ellaby. I got to double check um, exactly. Well, he, he was essentially kind of around the Bucks picks, I believe, in like the later second round. Okay. So much that I couldn't even find a hoop intellect YouTube video to really get a breakdown on him. But um. yeah, it looks like he hooped at Washington State. Yeah. So he's local. I was pissed we didn't get Peyton Pritchard. I was about to throw hands with uh, Olshay. <laughs> he went pretty high. Um, yeah, my- dude. And he's old. <laughs> but he you look up pictures of him. He's always I don't know how he still has his teeth because you look at pictures and he's grind. He's literally going as hard as you can go. Dude's like not human. Like he's literally an alien. Like you see him on the floor and he's like his face is just so distorted because he's giving it his all. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm, I'm seeing it a little more, more and more. I'm not as much of a college basketball guy as, as it sounds like you are. But oh, I'm I so, mean, I, so into it. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen him in some like off-season runs and I know there's not shouldn't read too much into that but him going up against NBA players and and he looked pretty damn comfortable out there scoring on everybody and um and then I also just heard stories about his development throughout college and right like uh really developing his handle and that's kind of what brought him to the next level yeah 
I'm I'm waiting to see. I'm still looking up. I apologize for not being as prepared as I wanted to be as far as the draft. I'm prepared for free agency talk, so there will be no problem there. But right now, I'm just looking at what we got for Isaiah Stewart because we better have gotten something because I we drafted in the second round. But do you know what we got for Isaiah Stewart? I don't actually off the top of my head. It's kind of ironic. You seem to know a lot about the Blazers, and I seem to actually like. Since, you know, you guys got with the Bucks, Jordan Nawara, I seem to actually know more about that <laughs> just because he's from my area. You know what I'm saying? Than I do about my own team. And because I, I was, uh, the Bucks were originally going to select, I always get these two confused. I believe it was, it was either 24 or 25. So I was doing analysis on guys in that range. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with the guys that the Bucks got. I just... I just don't know a ton about them uh, quite yet. Yeah. So I'm going to read off um, the Blazers and Bucks rosters, like what they're at right now, because they're fire rosters. So Blazers have, (laughs) I'm going to like, I'm going to like chuckle so much because this is just overpowered. Like they don't, they don't have a bad player on this roster. So Carmelo Anthony, Zach Collins picked up Rocco, Robert Covington, the C.J. Ellaby guy, who I'm going to have to look into now that you mention him. Harry Giles, who is my favorite player to play with in 2K, at least one of them, just because he's like he's like a 74, which is not justifiable at all. But dude plays like a 90 because he gives it his all. So his hustle and like agility in the game is like crazy. And he'll get like 12 and 15 for me every game. And like I barely play him because I, you know I have Nurkic in the whole game. <laughs> Uh, Rodney Hood is coming back, hopefully, fingers crossed. Derek Jones Jr., who dude is like a bunny. <laughs> like, didn't he win the dunk contest last year? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. It was that controversial one against uh, Aaron Gordon. But, um, I mean, I know J.J. Rivera, our uh, 305 Culture Hoop Heads podcast, is biased. But but he, he, seemed, to th- he seemed to think that, that it was rightfully so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I caught it truthfully last year. I, that was one of the first ones that I haven't caught. But um, I saw like the highlights and stuff. But yeah, I was like, oh shoot, he really won the other day when I found that out. Picked up Enos Cantor, um, which I'm super excited about. Maybe CJ or sorry, not CJ. Maybe Yosef can teach him how to play some defense this year because behind Nurkic, he was balling out when he was back. Got us to the playoffs, like. We were in a pinch without Nurkic because we didn't have any other centers. Zach Collins got hurt. He kept getting hurt just because of his body type, I believe, if you watch him much. Um, I'm big into Zach Collins. I think Dame was not overhyping him when he said he'll win defensive player of the year before his career's up. He gets better on D every year, and now he has a shot. And uh, But anyway, um, I think Nurkic can really improve Cantor's game. And I know in 2K, I always – I always try to train him with the the defensive badges because he's a bucket on offense. You can't stop him. Anthony Simons and Gary Trent, um, as you probably saw in the bubble, Gary Trent Jr. just went off. Like he was second in three pointers. He was playing like his dad, but better. And I couldn't I couldn't believe my eyes. I just like I was just shocked. Like and and um, I want to say it was Charles Barkley, who I usually don't like his analysis. But he was saying, he made a great point. He's like, when he was saying, this Blazers team, these are rookies and second-year, third-year players that got so much better during COVID that it's like they're playing a, a second season or a third season, even though they were just rookies. 
You know what I'm saying? Because the season got delayed. That was excellent analysis. And um, I really I really saw that with Gary Trent Jr. And for me, they didn't really need because CJ was playing point guard, getting buckets on the bench with the bench. Um, and then they kind of had – I feel like they had Nazir Little running point. I might be a little off on that, but if I can remember correctly, he was running point because he's so athletic. And, uh, yeah, they, they ran a tight ship. I see that they no longer have um, – my boy Wenyan Gabriel, I want to see where he went real quick. Yeah, I like Wenyan Gabriel. Dude, he was he guarding AD. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously he's not that much of a of a proven commodity, but he definitely shown that there's some, there's some untapped potential there. And yeah, he has the size to defend guys like that. He's incredibly mobile. Um, I don't know how much of a shooter he is, but if not a shooter, but yeah, the Pelicans okay. signed him. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Did you say what, what team he was on? Pelicans. Pelicans, okay. All right, now it's time to read off the also overpowered Bucks roster. We can analyze that. Of course, that's your forte, not mine. But uh, current roster. Jalen Adams for, from St. Bonaventure, another Buffalo area school. Know nothing about him. Tell us about Jalen Adams, Devin. So Jalen Adams, he actually... Um, he played most of last year on the Wisconsin Herd, our G League affiliate. Okay. And um, let's see. I th- I thought he might have played for. Um, I don't. I don't know. Do the. I mean, I'm assuming the Trailblazers have a G League affiliate. You know what? He sounds mad familiar. Yeah, I thought I thought he might have played played with uh, you guys, maybe on your guys. He uh, played lower when we needed well. guys to get minutes at the. At the guard, for some reason, I don't know why we didn't just play Anthony, but I remember him playing in some games for Portland. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, I I don't know a ton about him, but I I feel like he's a pretty good shooter. I know more about his accolades and that um, he was he was runner up in the G League for MVP just behind wow. the herd's own uh, Frank Mason this year. Frank and Mason from Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe he he was a uh, he was on a two way for us. That was such a steal. And oh, I forget yeah. who he's with now, but well, I don't. I guess I don't know for sure if he signed with someone, but um, but I I sure hope he did. And I feel like he definitely has oh, yeah. some sort of role in the NBA. And then you guys lost um, you guys lost Robin Lopez, right? Yeah, that was very interesting actually because um. He had like a $5 million player option and everyone was kind of like, well, what kind of market does does a Robin Lopez have out there? But given all the trade rumors, he actually declined it because he just earned plenty of money and uh, kind of wanted to control his own destiny. So that's what he did. And now he's with the Wizards. Hmm. That'll be interesting. I don't even see the Wizards being that bad, truthfully, now that if John Wall's going to come back. But did they get rid of him or they're trying to? There, I have heard the rumors. Gang sign thing. There's rumors that he even demanded or requested a trade. Yeah, he went Johnny Depp mode. <laughs> I think that's something that was reported. He had requested one, and then, and then uh, he himself kind of decla- like refuted that he had ever done that. But I heard there were talks about uh, swapping him and Russell Westbrook in some what some way hell? somehow. <laughs> yeah, this league is bonkers. They're off. These GMs are off their rockers this year. Yeah, you're That's sure not, right. Like, there's such different players. 
Like, I don't think Russell Westbrook would fit on the Wizards. What's he going to – he's going to be pissed because he's not trying to lose anymore. He's sick of losing. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I was actually just going to say that you wouldn't want to – that you don't want, want to take the ball out of Bradley Beal's hands, but then I'm also no. thinking, well, you also don't want to take take the ball out of uh, out of like a top three, at least top five shooting guard of all time in James Harden, but we'll see where he ends up. Yeah. And then, obviously, next on the roster, we got Giannis Antetokounmpo and Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Um, tell us a little bit about where you think Giannis will go if he doesn't stay with the Bucks. Because do you think it looks – am I correct when I say it looks like he's going to stay with the Bucks this year? So, despite our very extremely confusing, almost unprecedented uh, mix-up, this free agency, I'd still think that us getting – Drew Holiday, even though it was for quite the hefty price and mortgaging a lot of our future, I think that's kind of something that um, one way or another, it's at least a good sign to Giannis as far as he's concerned. And maybe Bucks fans can think that maybe it, it could be a sign that Giannis has indicated that he would like to stay. Um, I have no way of knowing if that's true or not, but that's that's one way you can spin it. Um as far as teams that he could go to if he weren't to stay with the Bucks, because, um, you know, uh, as I like to say to my Bucks fans, uh, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Uh, yeah, he he could. I would. I think that the team that isn't talked about enough, or at least in the past, maybe people are catching on now. But if there's a way for him to get get to the Dallas Mavericks at any point, that's just a wrap. Um, with Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic still on a rookie deal. I have a feeling feeling that they could be able to to fit him in there next to him and Porzingis. I would say that's that's destination number one if I'm Giannis and uh, don't want to don't want to stay in Milwaukee. Other than that, um, I mean honestly, probably the Heat would be number two. Just uh, I mean, I don't see him wanting to play with the Warriors because he's not. He does not give off Kevin Durant vibes, like the snake vibes. I, I'm sorry, but I, I love Kevin Durant. I love him for a long time. I thought he would go down as the GOAT. Um, but I see like him going to Golden State just because he couldn't win with the Thunder as a sellout. Like I'm a Dame guy, so you know that I see a lot of guys as sellouts that probably most people would be like, you're capping. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Giannis just – looks so good in a cream jersey <laughs> that I don't see him like <laughs> but like on on God though like I don't see him leaving just for the simple fact that he wants to be going down as the goat you know what I mean he's won the MVP twice two years in a row just like Steph except Steph is never going to win a defensive MVP in his lifetime and and Giannis he comes out every night and you know he's leaving it all on the court. He's very, he's a very emotional guy as well. He's he gets very aggravated. I don't know how Mario Hazonia is still alive after stepping over Giannis. Um, <laughs> he got lucky on that dunk because ain't nobody dunking on Giannis again. Um, but yeah, that reminds me of when uh, uh, Mario Hazonia like I'm pretty sure he like blocked LeBron James not this past year but the year before at like the buzzer. Uh, when he was on the Knicks, too. I remember thinking of that when that happened. Um, but, yeah, we had talked a bit about Giannis before we hopped on the podcast, uh, naturally. And kind of like my perspective of it, uh, I don't want to get 
as someone who literally is recording this podcast in Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now, I don't want to get too caught up in that like in that like, oh, he's totally different than the other guys. But there is some truth to that. Like he's when you're comparing him to a LeBron or a Kevin Durant, both of the other two also came from humble beginnings. But um, I mean, Giannis, Giannis, uh, I mean, he was he was like selling trinkets on like on the side of the road as a kid. And he would he would sometimes only eat like one meal a day and refuse to eat eat more even in pre-draft process when when everyone was trying to make him eat because he refused to to eat when the rest of his family would um this a lot of this is from the Giannis draft Woj uh or the Woj pod Giannis draft series and um they're also saying how he was like he was bawling his eyes out when he when he found out that he would likely have to come to Milwaukee without his family initially and there's also the story of when with like one of his early paychecks, he he wired all of it uh, to Greece from Milwaukee so much that he didn't have money for a cab. And, wow. and a local fan found him sprinting to Pfizer for him before they gave him a lift. So so you're telling. <laughs> OK, that's some shit. <laughs> that's some shit I would do for my family. Like I relate to that because I grew up in the trailer park. I want to see my dad retire if I can play professional basketball. And because he's worked his ass off, he's made sacrifices. Um, my dad actually at one point had a coffee pot in his bathroom because he didn't have electricity on half the side of the house, like um, stuff like that, so that I could go to college. Like he wasn't paying to get it fixed because then I wouldn't be able to go to college. So that when you say that, like I've been, I've ran places before. Like okay, I hope a ride's there. You know what I'm saying? Like because I spent all my money on my family, and like. Yeah. Um, so, but why didn't he eat? Was it so his family could eat? Yeah, exactly. So in the Woj pod, they were talking about how, um, or well, so I guess there's two layers to that. Well, he was talking about like before pre-draft when like, um, he, he literally wouldn't eat some days until 11 PM just because his family didn't have the means for it at the time to have like, you know, like three meals a day like a lot of people in America typically would. And and then because of that, they also discovered that he had like really terrible liver health. And when he was getting uh, analyzed, they were like, is this kid's an alcoholic? And he was like, no, I haven't had a drink in my life. But yeah, so and then the pre-draft there, they were saying like, you have to eat X amount of food. And he was like, well, you know, like, this isn't all going to me because I'm going to have to distribute all of this amongst my family. Like, right. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, there's there's just a ton, a ton there. And he's he's always he's not the underdog now, but you look at his mentality. He keeps up this underdog mentality and he's going to win more rings than Bill Russell. Dude is not even 26 yet. Yeah. Not even in his prime, arguably. It is nuts. <laughs> so, but I just see him. He's had the underdog mentality, and the Bucks are an underdog small market team. You look at who – do you remember it was a big deal um, back when they were just getting into the bubble and whatnot. It was a big deal when they looked into, like, some of the teams, how much money they have, like New York Yankees money. I'm not going to call any teams out on this podcast. But people probably know who I'm talking about. 
like money that like ungodly amounts of money. You know what I mean? And it's like Giannis doesn't have his next best player is Chris Middleton. That's not a household name. And then you look at some of these other teams that have, you know, a big four, a big five. Um, I will call out one team on this podcast because I don't like them at all. And it's the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) So they had the big five, almost a big six, if you're counting Josh Richardson. And they didn't do anything with them. Meanwhile, Giannis is destroying them. The only one who can keep up with him is Joel Embiid, and he can't even keep up with them. You know what I mean? And you look at the Bucs, what they're doing with this small amount of money, it's Oakland Athletics, like, what's Moneyball type type shit. Like, they're just... They're just looking at who is going to try the hardest. And that's what the uh, – to get into college football a little bit here, just touch on it bri- ever so briefly, is the Indiana Hoosiers this year are nationally ranked for the first time in a long time. And it's because they say, look, if you don't want to win, get out. And a lot of kids left. And that's the mentality Budenholzer has with his Bucks. What he did with the Hawks is going to put him in the Hall of Fame. You're looking at – Kyle Korver making all-star teams with, uh, was it Damari Carroll? Yeah, yeah. Damari Carroll made an all-star team, is that correct? Um, or he just I missed it. I don't know for sure, but I know. Because they had a starting five in the all-star game, and it was no starting five that, <laughs> like, it was no 76ers starting five, let's just say. Yeah, it wasn't like when all the Warriors were all-stars. <laughs> nope, nope, it was no, it was no. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes. If he even made an all-star game, he should have in his prime. And then um, who was it that almost made it? Pachulia almost made it with that team. But that was just because mad people from his country, Georgia, voted for him. Which they – I mean, he was a good center. He really was. He deserved an all-star bid. But – Yeah, I think they changed the format the very – the year like immediately after to like – have a more like a uh, like distributed like like weight of voting among like fans pl- uh fans coaches players and uh media hey hoop heads we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury arise is trying to change that With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Now, we got we to gotta talk about our boy DJ Augustin. How you feel about that pickup? Uh, it's really funny because like a lot of Bucks Twitter has been like talking about DJ Augustine for like years. A lot of those kind of mid-tier point guards is what the Bucks have been chasing for so long and to finally get him now is kind of funny. I mean, I, th- I think it's a good pickup. It's he's ironically getting almost the exact deal as Ursan Ilyasova. 
including like the non-guarantee in his final year. Um, but yeah, especially after losing George Hill, I think I think it's huge for us. Yeah, I think it was a little silly to get him and Tory Craig though. Yeah, I'm really hopeful that that Tory Craig can, well, at least at least overperform his contract. I mean. I don't. Know. I guess I don't know a ton about Tory Craig. Maybe maybe the the idea of him is is greater than his actual production in my eyes. But yeah, I love the idea of him because I don't know. I know two K is not accurate at all. Just being straightforward. Do you play a lot of two K? So I play a ton of two K. Like an oh, me too. Oh, I'm trying to win that tournament. <laughs> like so, it's the what's awesome about him in two K is that you can get him on like a two way contract every single time. Oh yeah, and he hits threes like it's his job in two K, and he did that against the Blazers. I was sitting there, I was sitting there those playoffs, man. I was sitting there. I remember I visited my now ex girlfriend when she lived in New York City. I was chomping on the bit. I was biting my nails like, please God. Do not. I was sitting there praying. I'm like, please, God of the Blazers, if there's a different God for the Blazers, don't let Tory Craig be our Achilles heel. Make it like Jokic. I hate Jokic. Make it Jokic. Like somebody that I know is like MVP caliber. Don't make it Tory Craig, who no one has heard of, and then he gets all the attention for this series over CJ, who literally laid it all on the floor. Like so, but I love Tory Craig. He's one of the only Nuggets I fuck with. Um, now we got to talk about, um, at least, probably briefly because I, I think he's on a, uh, he's on a two way contract, so he might not play is Mamadi Diakite. Is that how you say it? Uh, Diakite. Diakite. Yeah. Um, here I'm going to, I'm going to pull up he's some from notes Virginia, really So, you quick. know, he's bringing, bringing the energy. Yeah. So I know he just played at, uh, Virginia and he was all uh, ACC second team this past year and all ACC defensive team. Is he going to bring some Thibel energy to the team? Um, I, I would I would certainly hope so. Um, but I think there's there's also a realm in which he could, I mean, it could be somewhat of a threat on, a threat on the offensive end because he averaged he averaged a team high thirteen point seven points. Somehow that's a team high for Virginia. I for but, his defense. Virginia. Yeah, but Virginia does have a history of. Uh, of bringing in some good NBA talent. He's uh, 6'9 and shot uh, the three at like 35.7%. So not bad at all. Um, but yeah, you're right. Probably more so uh, def- the defensive end is where he'll be utilized more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am I was fairly excited about getting him on a two-way. Um, and then... We also have uh, some other guys that was just uh, latest news for the Bucks. We brought in uh, a couple training camp uh, deals for uh, a Travion Graham and a Justin Patton, and even not even listed on here, but Nick Stauskas too. So I mean, those guys won't be. Um, I mean, we'll see if they even make the the uh, opening night roster, but. I think all three of those guys, I could see a world at least in, in which they're NBA contributors at some point. Yes, sir. Next up, we got Pat Connaughton, my second favorite fighting Irish man next to Jerry and Grant. And I think yeah. he's going to take another leap this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, Pat Connaughton, 
He he's I feel like he's pretty polarizing among uh Bucks fans, but uh I mean despite the whole fiasco with his contract and then having to update it so it fit into uh our early bird exception, um I mean I think I think it's still a fairly uh pretty fair value on his deal, uh starting off at less than five million. And uh, I think I think it might just those who are more of naysayers on Connaughton are just kind of being unfair and comparing his last contract to his current one because his last contract he was making like less than two million. So I'm I'm happy about getting him, and we weren't really doing much either. So I was excited that we were that we were uh, retaining him or at least someone at the time when we signed him, despite that weird deal with the early bird rights and the player option on the second year yeah he's he's one of the guys <laughs> he's one of those shooters dunkers um you know one of those agility guys that i'm like why did the blazers get rid of him him jake layman guys of that caliber that i'm just like ah, they're so good at basketball they're just basketball minds and they got rid of them and they didn't need to because they were cheap you know what I'm saying? And yeah. they really they really could have kept them and he really could be contributing, but instead he's in the he's in the um he's in the east getting buckets. So what did he average last year? He had a he has a huge leap, I feel like. Was he starting games? Oh he only started four games. But yeah, he didn't have a leap last year. It was twenty eighteen where he was scoring seven a game, but and same with the playoffs, getting twenty two minutes a game. Just really happy to see that because Notre Dame guys often go overseas, like Zach Og- Ag- ah, Zach August, Bonzi Colson, Demetrius Jackson. They didn't get a shot, really a shot in the league like I feel they deserved. Um, Jerry and Grant did. I don't know how he didn't end up being an all-star. I thought for sure, dude, when he was – did you ever watch Jerry and Grant in college? Not in college, but he's someone who I always felt kind of – Kind of deserved more more of a shot in the league. Yeah, I he mean, had a good career with the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's not done. I mean, like, let me look up where he is now because I, I've always wondered. He's always a free agent in 2K, and you know I pick him up as my backup. Dude's my yeah, favorite all-time. I feel like he's time. someone people could get uh, for, like, being being under undervalued a bit. Yeah. Well, he had problems academically that held him back. He, he was um, not a lottery pick. He got drafted by the Wizards. He's actually he was on the Wizards in 2020, but let me see what happened to him. Yeah, he signed July 1st, so he might he might still be a Wizard. I'll have to look into that more for the next podcast. Um, but yeah, so next up, we can probably bunch some of these guys together because they they were draft picks, um, either this year or in in the last few years. Um, you got Bryn Forbes, Dante Divincenzo, Jordan Nawara, and Sam. Merrill, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of great guys. Yeah, especially uh, Dante is is going to be huge for us. Um, he had a, I mean, he essentially people coined him as as secret Dante on other uh, Bucks podcasts because we thought he was kind of like our our secret commodity as he didn't play much his rookie year and and it showed this year when he when he was really productive and was pretty much the main piece going back in that Bogdan sign and trade that uh, still like gives me flashbacks every time I think about it. But <laughs> I guess for those like two days we thought it was happening, but 
I really, I really like Dante Divincenzo. I, th- I think he's he's one of the prime candidates to start for us next year, and yeah, makes me feel fair. I mean, somewhat better about losing Wes Matthews, even though I was, I was, fair, I was kind of defeated when that happened. Um, and yeah, one of our, one of our like true, I mean, easily our best like young prospect, I would say. Um, and then in there, Bryn Forbes too. He was actually someone that I considered to be, even before uh, free agency, I thought he'd be someone for the Bucks to look at because I know he's an exceptional shooter. Uh, but also, um, although I've heard conflicting uh, thoughts on his playmaking ability, I know that that he has been considered a point guard at times. Yeah, so. he plays small for being six foot two for being my height. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I have. I would hope he could at least be like a secondary playmaker and get other get others involved off the ball. So, um, I mean, he we're 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 signing him first year at two point three million with a mid level exception. So, uh, I feel like that's pretty good value. And then uh, with our rookies, you I mean, you can maybe step in on Jordan Nawara at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. Um, one of my best friends. Um, who hopefully I'll get to hoop with in college at some point, some point down the road. Right, we're, we're, we match each other. We go back and forth. We, <laughs> but the funny thing is sometimes when we're playing, you know, people won't call fouls because where I come from, the Niagara County area, um, people just don't call fouls. And so we'll, we'll argue with other people. But when it's me and him, we always give each other the fouls because we're friends on and off the court. You know what I mean? And uh, it's my buddy Albert Cramp. I'll get. I'll give him a shout out on this podcast. He guarded, I believe, or at least played against Jordan Nwara, um in a Luport tournament. And you know, we <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> we didn't we didn't have a shot. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't play my senior year because um, I like I was grossly um, underappreciated. Not to even sound cocky or anything, but. I like I was playing with kids from Niagara Falls that were getting offers from like D2 D3 schools coming back to my hometown and not getting any, you know, barely making the team and I just said I'm not going to play. I'm going to go the alternate route and just see where I can go in college. You know what I mean? Without any highlights or anything. And it's starting to it's starting to finally at age 21 be something where it's it's paying off. I knew it would cuz I just put my nose to the grindstone. Um yeah. I gained, I gained 60 pounds since high school and like, <laughs> and like just muscle, like, and that was all Al Cramp. He's like, dude, just gain muscle. Just do whatever it takes. Eat 4,000 calories a day. And that's what I do, dude. I, I get two subs from Subway a day. Like it's nuts. And, but yeah, so Jordan Wara, I never unfortunately got a chance to play him in high school. He would have shit on me, but now I don't know, man. I don't know. I got the clamps, but <laughs> that's cap because Jordan Nawara plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. I wouldn't stand a chance. But in high school, um, my guys, you know, they double teamed him, triple teamed him, of course. But they they did all right for us being a school with a third of the kids that they had. You know what I mean? Like we graduated. My graduating class, I think, was one thirty five, dude. Wow. <laughs> and we made states a lot of years, like. I never made states because I barely made the team most years because I didn't have any connections. I'm just being real. The coaches were great. It's just the parents were very, um, I'd say, involved and, like, pressuring. 
And I didn't get invited to a lot of the camps because the parents didn't like me just because I wasn't, you know, friends with their kids. Uh, a lot of the kids were bullies and I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of that. And I have a similar upbringing to my boy. That's why like Damian Lillard will always go down as my all-time favorite player because he talks on uh, CJ's podcast when he's on there about how there were kids that got bullied. And like, you know, he went to Weber State. He didn't sell out and go to like these huge schools, play a year, not care about school. He got his degree. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's the route I want to take. Not sell out, start low and work my way up. Um, but he talks about kids that got bullied and he didn't, he didn't fuck with that. You know what I mean? And I didn't either. Um, but yeah, so that, that point guard talk, you know, about Bryn Forbes, um, and Noir is not a point guard. I don't know, but I love Noir. I was loved watching him at Louisville. I thought he was going to win player of the year, dude. Like that's how good he is. Um, I think he ended up, where did he end up getting, Third team All American, only because the season got cut short, dude. Louisville might have gone to the championship game had he made because he was getting better every game, just like he did at Park. Um, but yeah, so speaking of point guards like Bryn Forbes, we got Drew Holiday, possibly one of the best defensive point guards of all time. I would say, dude, what is he? Has he led the league in steals? Like, let me let me look it up. I mean, like defensive first team, defensive second team teammate of the year he's getting um mcdonald's all american 12 years ago he's been a bucket since and he keeps working on his offensive game he's like a jj reddick you know they played together in new orleans because they just played the same way it's just like they were getting better every year even you know jj reddick's even getting better into his late 30s um but he regressed i think a little bit just because he had to play with zion last year you're not going to get as many looks um, when you play with Zion Williamson and you're trying to make the playoffs, um, you're going to give it to him every time, I think. But you look at what he did in the playoffs against my guys with Portland when they swept, when they swept us, we just weren't ready. You know what I'm saying? And he came, he played, I'm looking it up now, 38.7 minutes in nine games. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that until I just saw this. Yeah. He was averaging 24, like. He is he is a god, <laughs> and I <laughs> I'm an Aaron Holiday apologist. I there's not many players there are not many players I like watching more than Aaron Holiday. Um, he's got a beautiful jumper. He's got a beautiful game. He puts his nose to the grindstone. I don't think he's even six feet tall. I think he's like five eleven. Yeah. And yeah. then you got Justin. Yeah, I don't I don't know uh I don't know Aaron. Uh, too well, and I I wish that the, that the Bucks had went and gotten Justin, but yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely I've definitely been pretty impressed with with Aaron Holiday, and I mean, I, I at least from my limited knowledge of him, he seems like a pretty effective shooter and can also get get to the basket basket and finish uh, especially well considering his size. But Drew Holiday, man, I mean, of of course the Bucks moved heaven and earth to get him and. We'll see how that ends up, and it won't. It won't matter if like Giannis doesn't stay, or I mean, it's it's really should be looked at as as kind of a play to keep Giannis. But that series against you guys is 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 everything that Bucks fans hope for, especially when you're when you're swapping him and Eric Bledsoe. Um, something that's been described that's to me regarding swap, dude, because they picked up playoff production. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
exactly. And if you can picture like um, like two two slopes, uh, you know, if you think of a graph, two slopes like one on top of the other, maybe not like maybe not like exceptionally far away. It's pretty much a straight line. And but then once you get to the playoffs, one being Drew Holiday just steps up like tenfold, and then the other one goes down by like the same amount in Eric Bledsoe. I don't want to love that depiction, man, because it's just. It's just playoff production versus no playoff production. Like I like I it broke my heart this year. Was this the year or was it last year that the Bucks were like expected to win the finals? I forget. I would I would say this year this more year, so because last winning, like, year they won sixty, right? Yeah, yeah. Her well we were for a while we were on pace to win seventy and then by the end of the year, of course we didn't get enough games in, but yeah. But we uh I mean we were still on pace for like sixty three if it had been a normal year and the year before we had sixty, so I still put respect on Eric Bletzel's name. He's a great regular season point guard, but he yeah. it's just something and it's the same with James Harden. James Harden will go down as one of the best shooting guards, like you said, before we started the pod. It'll be very interesting to see where he goes if he stays because he's friends with Russell, so he's not trying to screw over Russell, I would think, if they've been friends since AAU. And uh, if I'm correct on that, or if they were just friends with the Thunder, I can't remember. But um, do you know? I want to. I want to make sure we get well, it right for the pod. That's a really good question. I, I know think they Harden played AAU, and, and I, would, I would end it with that. <laughs> I would. I would. I would put money on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were. Um... They were obviously close on OKC, but they were both LA kids, so I could definitely see them having a relationship prior to the Thunder. Let me take a look. Yeah. From Compton to MVP race. Yeah, man. Looks like they were on uh, AAU teams together, so. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, and then we got to finish off the Bucks roster. Um, some bigger name guys that will contribute this year. Brooke Lopez. Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, and DJ Wilson. Yeah, so Chris Middleton is someone who I feel it's it's very hard for me to view outside of outside of the Bucks lens, as I had talked about. I mean, the league, yeah, like the league, and he was grossly underrated for a lot of years. He was he had like arguably one of the most uh, positive value contracts, considering the dollar amount he was making versus production. Of course, now he's making a making a max contract, but he really stepped it up this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with being able to play alongside of Wesley Matthews, um, and have, being able to just ball out on offense. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna miss Wesley Matthews in a Bucks uniform. Yeah, and I'm really gonna hate. It's it's gonna make me sick to my stomach once uh once I see him in the purple and gold, but. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but Chris Middleton, I, I feel like he he's not he's not a number two in the same way that that like an Anthony Davis is. I mean, because those two are like one A and one B. That's pretty obvious. But I mean, he's not he's not regarded like a lot of number twos. But I feel I feel like it's kind of disrespectful to, especially at the beginning of last season, people saying that that he wasn't really a number two and it was just Giannis. But I I I mean, the guy put up put up 21 or 22 points and had had like was literally a decimal place decimal point away from 50 40 90 and had had more votes than some guys who who made the uh the all nba third team as guards so i i'd say he's a real number two and people should respect that and and uh, hopefully see we see more of, of chris middleton 
in the playoffs, the one that we saw in the the sole game that we won in the conference semifinals. But we sure will see. As far as Brooke Lopez goes, he is um, very interesting. I talk a lot on the podcast about um, about the value of centers around the league and how how it's kind of it's a bit of a saturated market in a lot of ways. But when you have a guy like Giannis who doesn't exactly space the floor floor for you and and uh, shooting is is incredibly important. Um, having a guy like Brooke to to spread the floor for Giannis, but not give anything up on the defensive end, makes him makes him a really um, you know would make made made me really reluctant uh, of the thought of trading for or trading Brooke Lopez. And it's funny when I had considered a Drew Holiday trade, I had thought that um, that Brooke Lopez would be pretty likely to go back. Of course, I didn't see us sending out like all of our draft picks for the next eight years. But um, yeah, because similar with how important he is next to Giannis, I think uh, having a shooter or a three and D center, which is about as rare as, as centers are plentiful, if that makes any sense. Uh, No, no, I would put him, I would put him third behind Porzingis and Towns. Yeah. As a three and D center. If he doesn't regress again this year, because last year I was a little disappointed just to see that he wasn't getting. But he's, I mean, you look at his career, people thought he was done after the Mets with all the injuries. And then he came back. Yeah, he is one of he is one of the wildest cases in NBA history of just totally uh, recreating who he was yeah. as being like a 20 point per game low post star. And you still see it from time to time. Um, yeah, basically, I just think in the same way that Chris Middleton is, uh, Brooke Lopez might be even more uh, more underrated, but his shooting kind of improved a bit compared to the regular season. Um, and then just those couple, those last two guys that you had mentioned, I'll I'll touch on it a, a lot shorter. But uh, DJ Wilson has been really under underutilized in Milwaukee for some time under Mike Budenholzer because of his fascination with Ersan Ilyasova. DJ Wilson is incredibly versatile defensively and also has, I mean, maybe more theoretical shooter, but I think, I think he has potential to, to be better um, spacing the floor as well. And yeah, I, I think a lot of teams would, would be really lucky to have DJ Wilson and, I th- I think and now he'll definitely have the opportunity to showcase that. So I'm excited to see more DJ and Bobby Portis. Dude, Bobby Portis might be the starting PF. Yeah, um, it's it's odd to me because um, we have we have quite a hole at 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 those big man spots, and um, I I feel like he should be he should be more more used as like one of our traditional centers. Just because even though he can stretch the floor and is maybe more mobile than than other pure centers, I mean, because he can play the four, he, not that he can't, but if he if he's on the floor with uh, with a DJ Wilson or Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, I, I would definitely want him to be guarding the slower of the two big man positions. But I, I also don't want to talk down on Bobby Portis because he is as as, as far as big men especially are concerned, he he can definitely shoot the ball, and that's. That's huge for us. I think Brooke Lopez is good on the defensive end, but man, if they put Bobby Portis and DJ Wilson on Giannis in practice, they're going to get amazing on D. Like Bobby Portis is already known for his clamps. Got all the badges in 2K, I'm sure. 
Um, but he, you know, at Arkansas, he was known for just destroying on the defensive end. Like you're not getting past him. He's bully ball. And, and DJ Wilson, I, he's not known for his defense, is he? You know, I, I feel, I feel like he's pretty un- underrated on that. Underrated. End. Yeah. Cause he's from Michigan, man, where they just bust their ass. Yeah. And I feel like versatility is, so- is something that gets really underrated. And of course he was, he was nearly like crossed out of his shoes and off the court by Chris Paul and that sticks with the guy with, <laughs> who hasn't been <laughs> yeah 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 I know exactly who hasn't been who hasn't been crossed out of the arena by Chris Paul yeah yeah but I'm probably higher on DJ Wilson than a lot of people yeah sir I, I like watching him play I, I like well Michigan John Beeline used to coach my high school in the in the 70s around that time 70s and 80s really and, yes sir yeah, and he's you know he's got relations to a lot of coaches from the area. Um, his son was about to coach at NU, where I want to play one day, um, D one, and a uh, lot of lot of great hoopers from the area have played under him. Um, one of my buddies used to be a rival of mine. One I consider him a friend now. Um, used to be a rival at hoop, and just in high school in general, I'd see him and I just want to throw hands, but. Um, he's a great guy. He's, he's one of his family's one of the greatest families for the community in the area. Um, his dad played for Beeline, and I, I he plays point guard whenever we play at the local churches and stuff. And he's like, I think he's like in his forties or fifties now. He's got many kids, and dude, like he plays the most beautiful game of basketball I've ever seen. It's like Clyde the Glide, but at point guard. Like he can't dunk because he's a point guard, but he's like six five. I think to hype him up, dude could still play. Dude could play D three still, and he's like in his forties. <laughs> like he's so fun to watch, and he played for Beeline. Um, one I think possibly my favorite basketball player ever, college and pro, is Tim Hardaway Jr. from Michigan. Because I found out that or Trey Burke, but I found out like, hey, he's from the area. When I just started playing for Newfane, where at my high school, you know, um. I know I said there was a lot that went down at Newfane, but there's also a lot of good. You know what I mean? There's some racists here, some homophobes. We're working on it. We're working on those people. But there's also some beautiful people here so that really, really contribute to society and basketball. The game of basketball is cha- forever changed from this Michigan Wolverines team that Beeline led. Um, because they were making – they were. I mean, they, they lost, unfortunately, to Louisville. Um, I got beef with Louisville because of like the prostitution ring and stuff and Patino. I would never play for Louisville. <laughs> like I would never like, and plus they're Notre Dame's rival, you know, but um, yeah. So I just like, I have, I have deep love for Michigan. They're the only uh, college basketball hoodie I own. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. yeah. I must be living under a rock. I totally missed like all of that news. I knew Rick Pitino was like pretty sketchy and might have oh, been like dude, kicked out of college of basketball, basketball, but yeah. I didn't know all that. I don't, I don't want to bash him or anything. I just like I just know that he like like didn't respect, you know, like his marriage and stuff. Like he was doing stuff with like people on the side, the girls on the side and like I just don't vibe with that. Like if you're if you're supposed to be an outstanding member of the community, you can't be doing those things. And I think he's changed up a lot. That's why I put respect on his name now. And obviously, he's been amazing at Kentucky and Louisville. Like, dude's crazy, a basketball mind. His son is brilliant from Minnesota. 
and everything. But yeah. But I don't know if you caught – I asked where you went to high school, my dude. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Um, no, I, so, it was kind of like I was trying to talk at the same time as you. I apologize. Oh, no. No problem. Um, So, I'm from – like born and raised in Milwaukee but really like a suburb outside of it. Uh, It's called Wauwatosa. We have a lot of funny names in Wisconsin because they're all like named after uh, – Dude. They're all like Native American names. Dude, it's the Midwest. Um, uh, what is like um, Sandusky, Ohio – you know, like weird places like in the Midwest that just like they're very famous places, just like your name in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm from Wauwatosa. It's like a suburb that like is directly connected to Milwaukee. And I went to Wauwatosa West, that high school Okay, is where I went to. Do you play any sports I, there? What was that? Do you play any sports there? So I grew up playing soccer, but... When I was when I got to high school, I like especially like fell in love with the game. It was actually like pretty therapeutic for me at the time because I was kind of I was kind of kind of unhappy with my soccer career up to that point. I might have felt like a little more entitled than I should have been about like playing time with the team. But there also might have been some BS there. I'll 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 give I'll give the case for both sides on that. But um small small school. Um no, I mean slightly bigger than the one you had mentioned. I'd say we we graduate like my graduating class was around like 250. Okay. Still still you get that small town vibe of like, you know, there's corruption, but there's also the good with anybody. Oh, yeah, there there are definitely <laughs> some some stuff with my high school that that I could get into, but maybe maybe for a different day. And Yeah, um, we can talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about that on our own, right? <laughs> but I know I know the vibes. Yeah, I I would maybe have to think about it more before I like publicly expand Dude, on I'm all saying. that. <laughs> on my uh, personal podcast, the Ideal Lifestyle Pod, I touch on some of the um, racism and homophobia I've witnessed. Um, like I was telling you before we started the pod, one of my friends got accused of abducting a white friend of his in Niagara Falls just because of the color of his skin. So there's mad corruption with the police here, but there's also great police officers here. So. But hey, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I think we, I think we we've, we've covered everything under the sun. We'll have to uh, talk about free agency on one soon. What's been going Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. I really it's been appreciate it. A pleasure it. to have you, man. I love Nuck if you buck. Everyone, check it out. He's got episodes weekly, right? Yes, sir. At, at least once a week. And last week I had a bonus one as well, uh, just because I want to talk about the draft and I wanted to have my brother on too. Um, so that was a ton of fun, but we'll have another one coming out uh, late this week uh, at the latest. So stay tuned. All right, everyone. Stay tuned for some Blazing the Path heat coming soon and some Nuck If You Buck heat on the Hoopheads Pod Network. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing the Path, a Portland Trailblazers podcast hosted by Rob Hetherington. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for weekly episodes.